What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Cards, the podcast. I'm your host, Zan. You can pretty much find me all over social platforms, probably even MySpace, at Zan Morning. Today, we've got part one of my interview with David Peck. If there's any of you unfamiliar with David Peck in the wrestling card space, he's one of the top collectors there is. He specializes in the 1982-1983 Wrestling All-Stars, but he is also into some awesome rare stuff as well, including, for example, the Rax Roast Beef cards, which those things never pop up on the secondary market. When I first started doing interviews on my YouTube channel, I knew David had to be one of my first guests. David is one of the most influential figures in wrestling cards, along with Rob England. David was one of the first guys to start grading wrestling cards and then understanding the importance and value in grading those. David has consistently been fighting the good fight for wrestling cards against the gatekeepers and the curmudgeons of the blowout forums and all over the place, people telling him wrestling cards are junk and they're not worth your time. But before we get into that interview, just a few ways that you can help support my content. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast, share it all over social platforms with your friends and family, anybody that likes wrestling or sports cards or wrestling cards. Please leave a review. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see improved. Make sure to go over to my YouTube channel of the same name, Wrestling With Cards. Hit that subscribe button and there's tons of great wrestling card content there that you might not hear here. Make sure to also check out the Worlds Collide Wrestling Card Podcast I'm also a part of. Yes, that's right. I've got two wrestling card podcasts. A couple years ago, there was no wrestling card podcast, and now I'm doing two. Worlds Collide, me, Tony Vela from WrestlingTradingCards.com get together to talk all things wrestling cards. And make sure to check out the links in the show description for even more great stuff. I've got Patreon. I've got a link to my Spotify where you can check out awesome music I like. And links to if you want to buy me a coffee, gotta stay caffeinated, you guys know. And now let's get into part one of my interview with David Peck. Well, I'll tell you what, it, uh, I, first of all, thanks for having me on. I, um, I really applaud your efforts to uh, create content around wrestling cards, and I love your enthusiasm, and, and, and you know, obviously you're a, a true wrestling fan like I am. So, um, But anyway, uh, I recently won a... Um, sealed pack uh from pre-war card collector the uh carnation set there's uh, there's three different packs um that that came out with you know each each one has two cards and so um anyway we've got the uh it's a psa gem men 10 pack you got rick martell on the front and the road warriors on the back um let's go i just got some grades on some of these the other day i got uh it's interesting. The one uh, Rick Martel that was had the nicest centering. There was like a surface issue, and I, I just didn't know how PSA would treat it. And you know, anybody who's graded cards knows you just have to roll the dice sometimes. Well, unfortunately, I sent that one in under Express because I actually I was like, man, this thing's an awesome card, but but maybe we'll see what happens. It got a six. Um, but in my uh, fifteen card collectors club, I had opened a a pack that I bought from pre-war card collector in the last year that was a, that was rated a nine and uh, got the highest rated road warriors at an eight five. And uh, I got a Rick Martell nine, which now that's a pop three. And um, wow. so anyway, uh, anybody who knows me knows that I'm always on the hunt to 
try to take the market higher, try to find better stuff. So I ran the idea by you. I, 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 I think that the Road Warriors doesn't have a wrinkle on the back. That's the, the challenge with these. So um, let me just uh, show you guys. So I use wire cutters and I use a flathead screwdriver and we got some scissors and uh, you got to, you know, snip the pack. Um, so let's do it. I'm assuming people are screaming at your screen right now. <laughs> See if we got enough. Oh, yep, I think so. All right, so you just cut the corner off, and uh, and this shouldn't be too bad. Let's see. I'm going to cut a little more just in case. Guard <laughs> went flying. There we go. We got enough open. Let's see. Is this the first uh, PSA? graded pack that you busted no that um the one that i just got the grades from uh pre, you know the the eight five and the nine mm -hmm. um that was a, a sealed pack cool beautiful all right so pop that baby right in two sacrilege people are screaming at you <laughs> all right so now what we're going to do is we've got the little pack right here. Let's go ahead and trim it open. And the one thing you want to do, anybody watching at home, make sure you wash your hands right before you touch cards. Yeah. All right, now my heart's racing a little bit. Let's see what we got. Okay, so. Woo, this could be good. All right, so the Martell, no wrinkle on the back. It's a little off-centered, but this is a beautiful copy. I did notice there was a little chipping on the uh, the right edge, just the way it was cut. Um, get that baby in the card saver. Um, and for those watching, a lot of these carnations have a wrinkle at the top, and that is just a, a devastating blow. Every one that I've ever purchased has a wrinkle on the back. Road Warriors is a touch centered low. Turn it over. Oh, baby, no wrinkle. Yes. Uh, so I could kind of see through the pack. That was part of why I was sort of willing to do this. Yeah, no wrinkle. So this is um, the lower edge looks a little bit kind of lifted on the bottom. Not bad. Um, let me just preserve this. The surface from so far looks awesome. I hope I, I hope I didn't nick that corner. No, perfect. Okay, I touched the the card. Touched my finger. I was shaking. Put that baby in there. So you've got a um, nice, very nice road warrior. Very nice. Um, you know, anytime I handle a card and like I, the corner just ever so touched my finger, then you start getting all paranoid. Yeah. Because it's like, did I do any damage? But no, I don't think so. 
Um, what you're going to see with this one, though, if you, I don't know if I can get it high enough. You see the lower border is just a little smaller than the top border. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to probably prevent this from grading a nine, but um, super nice card. Yeah, so. they both look great compared to mo most of the ones I see. Well, now I need to take a sip of my drink just to uh, catch my breath. That was... Uh, <laughs> Hey, and while we're you know, talking about that, before I get into the questions, are you like on team no penny sleeve, just right into the card saver to send them in? Um, well, the reason probably I am for the most part is that the wrestling all-stars, uh, they don't fit in a penny sleeve. The standard size. Uh, yeah. yeah the, the, I mean, they probably have bigger size penny sleeves. Yeah, they I do. just put uh, it right in. The uh, vintage baseball, because they're a little bit bigger. They do fit in those because I bought a stack that was raw of the All-Stars and I had nothing to put them in and I didn't have any card savers at that exact moment. So uh -huh. I was able to find some vintage baseball card sleeves off of a collection I bought, yanked those crap baseball cards out and put the wrestling ones in and it works. But I've been sending stuff in without penny sleeves because I think if you're just putting the card in to the penny sleeve, unless you slice the edge of it, it's just that much more of a worry nick in the corner, you know? Well, to, to me, um, I think you're increasing the risk of damage to the card. Now, everybody's got a different philosophy. Um, some, like, probably, like, two months ago, uh, I started obsessing over, I ripped some of those 91 classic looking for blue undertakers. And I found a really nice one. And, man, I tell you what, I, I was kind of obsessing over the card. And... I pull it out of the card saver to like really examine it. Ended up nicking the top. Uh, First time I've ever uh, damaged it. Now it may still grade an eight or a nine. It's possible, but like I had two of them that were like potentially 10 candidates, right? Where it was like, this is a good one. And oh man, I had a hard time going to sleep. I was so pissed. Yeah. I would so like serious. this Road Warriors, as soon as we're done, like, I really don't think I did any damage to it, but like I'm obsessive compulsive sometimes when I have handled a card, like just maybe a touch wrong. Like, like I said, it just brushed up against my, my finger. I think it'll be fine, but I'll definitely be examining it when we're done. I'm assuming you're sending both of those in regardless. Yeah. So, I mean, the, um, the thing with this is uh, the wrinkle is on the back is really the crap shoot and okay. you can open up uh sealed packs and it's there and you're looking at a five maybe a six but most likely a five um this road warriors has um you know just uh really great surface um the, you can see how the black there's not snow in it yeah um which is huge the the challenge with some of these two though is like the bottom edge is like sometimes kind of like peels back a little bit like it, it not not totally but yeah it just kind of and so um we'll see what happens with this uh the um but yeah i mean this is one of my favorite cards in general like um just because like this picture of the road warriors is like so badass 100 percent agree. I mean, just cosmetically, I think this is a great design. And the other thing is, like, the back is cool. It's like, 
hawked an animal grew up in the streets of Chicago and took up weightlifting to defend themselves in a tough neighborhood. Yep. You know, uh, let's see. Hold on. There's uh oh yeah, here we go. Opponents don't like to wrestle against them because they enjoy breaking bones as much as winning matches. That's so awesome. Um, it's just awesome, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. Hobbies, pressing refrigerators, tearing <laughs> chains. Yes. The best one, the best one is Kamala on the back. It says he likes to eat live chickens. Well, <laughs> All right, so uh, I've got a bunch of questions for you. I know you have done all kinds of shows and appearances. Everybody wants to talk to you about the 82-83 All-Stars. We all know that's like the, one of the best sets, but I want to like get some other perspectives on just general card stuff. So when, early on when you're buying this stuff and you became the first person to really tout wrestling cards and grading, like what was going through your head as you're spending money on these things that everybody's telling you not to, but you, you fully believe that they're going to be a good candidate for grading and you think their value will go up grading. So just talk a little bit about that mental process. Well, um, I think it's, it's a, uh, there's a couple of things that apply on, on the optimistic side. I really thought, Hey, if everybody thinks this stuff sucks, it's got nowhere to go, but up. Um, you know, so, and, and I think it's, um, it's easy to forget how cheap wrestling cards were. I mean, like to give you an example, the first pack of these I bought, I paid $16 delivered. Um, this one I just ripped was $255. Okay. Now the quality of the cards, you know, play a role at times. Right. But still, I mean, think about that. You know, you're talking 16 versus 250 plus right. i mean that's a pretty big jump um i think what bothered me was just that uh that people were like dissing on other collectors um i don't get that you know like like you i i, I could see it through the camera like you have a terry gordy t-shirt on like I do. <laughs> if, I, if i saw you on the street and we we're just walking along i didn't know you from adam obviously i'd probably be like dude love the shirt Super cool. I bought it off you know? of his daughter at her show. Okay. Well, it's a great looking shirt. Looks yeah. good on you. Thanks. Um, so, but it didn't, I think, um, you know, probably, and this may sound kind of odd, but hearing some of the people I worked with, you know, sort of discourage me and tell me that I was throwing money after bad and stuff. Um, I work with some smart people, you know, I'm in the uh, investment business. And so, you know, I kind of uh, thought it was a little disheartening, but, you know, I just laughed it off. I mean, I, um, I basically, what got me really into this is, and I think anybody who knows me personally knows I'm an open book. I would, I got my ass kicked in the market in 09 and 08. Uh, I, I was trading options and I lost like, you know, some, at the time was significant money. And um, I mean, it's still significant money. Just, you know, I just have a lot more at this point. So, you know, it's like you kind of move on. Right. But that said, I was like, golly, you know, I'm just lighting money on fire. And, uh, you know, so when I started buying the cards, I was like, my thesis was they can't go to zero. You know, it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people haven't traded options, but options is a, is a derivative security, but I mean, they legitimately can go to zero. Like you, you know, yeah. 
you can lose your entire investment. And it's, and it happened to me, you know, a number of times. And so, you know, if I spend a thousand dollars on a card, even if it dropped to 400, you know, it stinks, but it's still 400. And, and, and on top of that, it has a chance to come back, you know, whereas like say with options, you know, once they expire, you know, it's sort of game over. All right. So um, we're going to bounce around a little bit here. Did you have anything else you wanted to touch on that before we moved on or that's kind of, no, a I just think that, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that uh, wrestling just had not sort of been touched yet, but everything else really had, I mean, like in the sense that like, you know, take uh, I'm, I'll be 42 in April and in 1985, you know, I didn't buy any, we weren't allowed, but the garbage pail kids were yeah. super popular. People were really already heavily integrating those, you know? So to me, I thought that uh, wrestling cards was just a natural extension. And, you know, it was like, why not? All right. So the next question I have, I told you we're going to bounce around a little bit here. A lot of these questions are just kind of things that I've either seen asked or stuff that's popped up. This is a general collector kind of question, not really not i'm not trying to get over a specific opinion or vice versa but talk a little bit because me and you both know these kind of people we've got the diehard collectors who won't let go of anything and then we've got the ones that collect and invest i think that's probably like me and you a little bit more uh just kind of talk about the dynamic of that and your just your thoughts and opinions well um i don't think there's a a right way to collect and you know um so you and I got to know each other through the social media platforms. Right. I had been very active. I'm guessing you've seen some of my posts online yep. uh, from message boards and stuff, you know, for 10 years. And I, I think that one of the things that, that bothers me about collectors is they think there's this sort of holy grail way to collect. And if, if you don't do it that way, like you're bad. Um, I think that's complete stupidity. I mean, the idea that uh, everybody should be in this just for the love of collecting, well, that's your opinion. But when you're, when you're shelling out your hard-earned money, you know, and, and anytime you put a dollar into something that has price variability, it has an element of investment, right? Yep. And so um, I just think that, that the people that, that shit on uh, various collectors, I mean, I think they need to honestly look in the mirror and say, man, dude, I need to check myself because the reality of it is, is we don't know that other person's circumstances. You know, what if uh, in, in this year, you know, the market has changed so much. There's a lot of people that probably are making enough money um, flipping cards or, or self-grading and selling and, or trading to actually make a living. Um, you know, I, I mean, everybody's needs are different. Everybody's wants and desires are different, but there's a lot of people out there that don't need that much income. And, you know, if you can go buy, let's say you buy something for a hundred dollars and you sell it to somebody else for $300. And then you take that 300 and you do it again and again and again, that's, the way to um, do it. that's your prerogative, you know? And so, I'm, um, I fall into the category where I am more a long-term 
player. I mean, uh, you know, you, I, if anybody sees my collection, let's say on the PSA registry, I mean, nobody needs 1282A all-star sets on the registry. I just like that, right? It's <laughs> awesome. Um, and so yeah, I think it's awesome, yeah. you know? And, and so, you know, for me, it's cool, right? But I think a lot of people would have no interest in that. And I think a lot of people, like, for example, like when I tell folks what's been happening with prices, you know, the first thing they say is, Dave, you need to cash in. Yeah, you know, you I get sell. the same thing. You know, and so I don't know what's right for you might, you know, be wrong for me. And so I just don't think there's a perfect answer. And I think that um, most of us, like I'm, I, you know, watched a lot of your videos. I enjoy your content. And you. you mentioned that you actively have bought wrestling cards for a long time. I don't fall into that category. You know, I'm, I'm a little over 10 years um, and that's a long time. I mean, it's, it's a hell of a time and you have done it every day for that long. But I didn't have, you know, like in 1991, I wasn't buying wrestling cards. You know, I, in 1993, I wasn't buying wrestling cards. So um, I think that the, the reality of it is, is that, you know, a lot of people collect for nostalgia. Um, a lot of people collect for the money. A lot of people collect for both. That's but me. what we all have in common is most of us got started collecting trading cards when we were younger. And as we've gotten older and have at least a little disposable income or, or some savviness or, or the willingness to try to make something out of it, um, we're doing it. And so I think that most collectors have more in common than they realize. And just trying to say one way's right and one way's wrong, I just think, you know, ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. Like I'm, and you're going to agree with me on this. Like I'm on the, the idea of just grading everything, regardless of what the grade is. I love the slab. I love the encapsulation of it. It's not going to get damaged unless of course you cut it out of the PSA case, like we did a minute ago. But um, what is your thoughts on people who are just like, and there's no wrong, right or wrong way, but it's just hard for me to grasp people who have these grail cards that are just sitting in binders and they're not, like I understand the collector mindset and sometimes you don't want to get rid of stuff, but sometimes like I could like, there could be some Hogan PSA 10 82s in binders in people's binders. And they're just like refusing to move on them. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, um, I think that grading is clearly a good investment. Uh, you know, like we'll take this road warriors card. Um, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, the market for this stuff changes, obviously, but, but let's say you put a super clean Road Warriors card on eBay. You're going to get some interest right now. There's enough buyers out there, but let's say it sells for $200 and then that might even be a stretch. Well, you spend $12, you get the same card graded. And, and if that card grades an eight right there, that's a $400 card. So I just don't see how anybody that has an ounce of economic knowledge would not see the benefit. Um, I mean, to me, if you're going to buy anything of value, you want to try to maximize its value. It just seems like common sense to me. Um, I think the other big risk is what if the thing gets damaged? Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, so let's just take somebody that's got one of these blinders and I don't know, a shelf falls off the wall. And next thing you know, 
that the thing, the one of the corners, just the sheet, you know, eclipses the binder, hits the floor, and you're toast. And you know, the price escalation on the the real heavy duty wrestling cards has been intense. I mean, we're now, you know, um, seeing big time wrestling cards and auction houses, uh, and they're holding their own, you know, and setting records. So I think, you know, um, cards, like you can drop a card in a PSA case and as cringe worthy as it is to hear it hit the ground, the odds of hurting it are almost none. Um, it might happen. I mean, if you decide to chuck it against the wall, you know, it might happen. But, you know, if something falls off a shelf, hits the ground, like I said, it's going to scare the crap out of you, but it's going to be okay. Yeah, um, and you can always get a re reholder, like too. If it cracks or something, the card will probably still be okay. Just get the holder replaced. Yeah, and but I think the other issue is is that uh, card grading, they look official. I mean, yeah. to me, uh, I just love the presentation. Me too. You know, everybody has got a different, somebody likes PSA, some like SGC, some like BGS. They've all got their uh, strong points, but it's really cool. Like you could, if let's just say for argument's sake, somebody comes over to your house and you say, hey, you know, let me show you this card. You can hand them the card and they can look at it and flip it over and so on. And you're not worried about it. Um, transportation, you know, when you mail these things, you know, there's a, you know, if you use the right packing materials, it's it's not a problem, but the, the safety element, you know. So I just think that um, we're at a point in time where, and, and wrestling collectors in particular, there seems to be this sort of group of them that thinks grading's a scam, you know. And um, I just think to myself, man, dude, you're just exposing yourself to really how, to, how out of touch you are with what's going on in the hobby. Um, I mean, you take a, let's just take a raw Hogan, okay? Let's say this, a gorgeous 82A shows up and it's a full-size Hogan where it's like, man, it's got all that lower border. You know, somebody probably maybe pay a couple grand raw, maybe, like that might even be a stretch, but let's just say, but you get, you get that thing graded. And I mean, an eight recently sold for five grand. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm not paying five grand for a, a raw Hogan. You know, just not doing it. So you know, Rob. You know, you know, I'm buddies with Rob England. Yep. Wrestling card he, king. Um, yeah, wrestling card king. He bought I don't know a year and a half ago, and and I it, it, I sort of kicked myself for not bidding on this one or bidding higher. He won a really really nice '82 Hogan before the explosion, right? And he paid 330 raw, which, you know, at the time was, you know, at the upper end of, of what they were selling for. And I remember when he got it, I said, oh, man, dude, that's going to be a good one. Well, he invests $12, gets it graded, and now it's arguably a $5,000 car. So anybody that can't see the benefit of that, to me, is delusional. Um, I think what the, most of the reason they don't want to get it graded is because their cards aren't going to grade that high. You know, I think one of the challenges, and I think you've seen this a little bit, is a lot of these cards, I mean, even out of the pack, they're not going to just simply grade that high. You know, they're going to five or a six or whatever. Yep. You know, so 
they kind of can say, well, I have an 82 Hogan. Well, what condition is it? I don't know. It's really nice. Well, okay. But the reality of it is, is that if you ever want to sell that stuff, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice. And, you know, probably, it was funny, probably like three months ago, um, I live in a condo. And so I was talking to a neighbor's friend. And he is real big into baseball cards, but specifically uh, he was into like the pirates. And, you know, he was saying, I've got this card. I've got that card. I've got this card. And I was like, have you gotten any of them graded? No. Well, he was somebody 30 years ago at the card shows that was like looking for centered cards, you know, looking for non-print dot cards. That wasn't as relevant. When we were kids, you know, I it's off center. Oh, well, it, you know, it's yeah. got a, a print dot. Well, it's still Dwight Gooden, right? Yeah, he it was used to all the, be about the corners. It was all about corners. Like, hey, it's got sharp corners. And yeah. so he um, is, uh, you know, he was saying he was a meticulous collector. Well, I said, man, you got to get this stuff graded. Oh, man, I, I don't need them to tell me what the condition is and so on. You know, same song and dance, right? Yeah. And I said, dude, listen. So, and he, he wasn't buying it. You know, I said, you got to understand the hobby is just exploding card grading is taken over whether you like it or not it is what it is and um anyway so i said okay check this out so we get on ebay and i start pulling up realized prices of one of the cards he said he had you know it was like a 1954 tops oh no he was a tigers collector okay it was like uh trying to think was it ralph not ralph kiner but um shit i can picture the guy's face now but anyway it's sort of irrelevant. So anyway, that said, I said, look, here's a raw copy. Pretty nice looking card. He goes, yeah, that's a, that's a nice looking card. And let's say it was like $600. Sure. The same grade was like, you know, if it was graded by PSA was like 2000, you know? And so he was like, wow. And then I showed him one and I would think it was like an eight and it was like $9,500. I said, dude, listen, you got to understand nobody is paying 9,500 for this card raw. That's just right. not how it works, you know? And so I think the other thing is card grading, you know, with so much of the market taking place online, um, people like the, the sort of certainty. The that, authenticity okay, of it. Hey, they said it's an ape, you know? Yeah. I may agree, you may disagree, but when I go to sell it, the market's gonna treat it as an ape. 100%. And something else I wanna touch on on that is, uh, everybody knows the 86 Jordan Fleer. It's like the most iconic card ever. Michael Jordan, one of the best athletes ever. Even I've been looking at like PSA ones of them because I think they're affordable at like $2,000 at a PSA one. And it's got a crease in it. I, I love like kind of beat up cards. I think they kind of tell a story of someone's past where that card has been. But from an authenticity standpoint, I'm not buying a Jordan card if it's not slabbed. And the same thing with any... Yeah, Hogan, Flair, I'm, uh, Dusty Rhodes, any of those guys I really like in that 82 set, I'm not buying any of those raw anymore unless it's for a couple bucks because I just don't trust the authenticity of it. So if we're seeing PSA 1s now of a GOAT player selling for 2000 there's no reason to not just grade everything of the GOATs. Well, the good news with Wrestling All-Stars is so far we've really seen mostly fake Ric Flairs. Um, I had, uh, most of them look terrible, but I did see one that looked pretty good, right? 
And I emailed the seller right away. I said, hey, listen, this is a reprint. And he's, he thought I was, you know, bullshitting him. And I said, listen, dude, flip this thing over. Um, you see where the number is 27. Well, it said 27A underneath it. And anyway, I said, look, that's, this is fake, you know, and I, I sent him front and back some, you know, copies or whatever, and he took it down. But that one copy, I could see somebody getting hosed on. Um, I've seen a couple of fake Hogan's, but they look like, like, uh, photo paper. Right. So, I mean, it's, okay. it's, it, they're not like, I would like to say that you wouldn't be fooled. Right. But boy, you get into the major sports. I mean, I've seen Jordans where like if you and I, you know, or, or I, I mean, well, I, I can't speak for you, but I'm not an expert on the giveaways on the 86 Fleer Jordan in terms of fake, right? right. There's a couple giveaways. Um, and so like if I came across somebody with one that and it looked good, I, I might think, hey man, this is a this is legit, right? The 52 tops mantle. I mean, yeah. there's some pretty good fakes out there. You know, um, I have a fake uh, star Jordan and that one, you know, it, it looks like a trading card. I mean, it feels like a trading card, but those ones apparently are pretty easy to tell. But once again, like, let's just say you meet some guy and he goes, hey, you know, I want to sell my collection and you're flipping through the pages and or a, a loose site screw down and there's this Jordan star rookie and you're thinking man i might be hitting the jackpot well it might be fake you know and so i think um i think your your point is well taken and, and i also would say i think the andre the giant uh in particular is the card that shows the most that these sort of once they become sought after and and, and legendary i mean right now in auction there was a a PWCC or pre-war card collectors got some wrestling stuff up right now. And there's an SGC two and it was like $280 or something. Right. Um, and you know, I mean, and, and if it's a 280 with seven days to go, there's probably a few more bids coming. So to your point, you know, it is like a lot of these are still bang for your buck when you're dealing with the best players. I think the other thing is, is that, um, we have seen that, you know, the trading card market is so hot right now. Um, and I, I really think, and, you know, I'll give you a compliment. I mean, I think you're helping wrestling cards get hot. Thank you. Um, I think, uh, I, I do. Um, I think that, you know, we all know Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V. you know, every time he puts something on his Twitter page, you know, you can go right to eBay and it's like a feeding frenzy. Yep. Um, but what was really cool is when a guy like Gary V, you know, with his two plus million Twitter followers and nearly 7 million Instagram followers, when he says, hey, these wrestling cards are grossly undervalued, when he says that, uh, you know, hey, this Hulk Hogan is awesome, um, people listen, right? And so... You know, I just think that now we've reached a period where trading cards are universally accepted as sort of an asset class, you know, and, and grading's just part of it. And, and I think you should just keep doing what you're doing. I hope you all enjoyed part one of my interview with David Peck. Make sure to tune in next week for part two of my interview with David. In the meantime, 
please share this episode, subscribe, leave a review, make sure to check out all the other great wrestling car content on my YouTube channel, on the Worlds Collide podcast, and most importantly, just remember, have fun with wrestling cards, keep buying, keep collecting. Until next time, see you wrestling fans.